Hey there, mamas. You are listening to Magnolia Birth Stories, where we are passionate about helping mamas get their best possible birth. I am Emily Bettenker. I am a birth coach and doula, and so often I hear moms say that they wish they had known X about labor, or they wish they had been more prepared for Y, or they wish they know knew how common Z was. The best way to help mamas from the start is by helping them get educated, helping them understand what real birth is like. So that's what we do here on Magnolia Birth Stories, and I am so excited for our special guest today, Danielle. Hey, Danielle, how are you? Hi, Emily. I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining us. Of course. I'm super excited. You have one son. Can you tell me about him? Yeah, so my son Snow is almost two and a half, not quite. Um, He's your average rambunctious toddler boy. He absolutely loves elephants and is obsessed with all things animal right now. Oh, how cute. Is he doing the little elephant noise? Yes, he is. It's so cute. (laughs) I love it. I love when they start doing the little noises. So cute. Yes. Uh, so do you remember the day that you found out you were pregnant with him? I do. It actually was right about this time of year, uh, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say we're two days from the date I actually found out, but um, <clears throat> I was in total denial that I was pregnant, even though I wanted to be. I guess I didn't want to get my hopes up too much. So I was like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not pregnant. I'm not pregnant. Um, and finally I was like, well, I feel like maybe I should take a test. Maybe I actually am. And so sure enough, uh, my husband went to the gym really early in the morning and I ran to, um, my local drugstore and grabbed a pregnancy test while he was gone and took it and it was positive and I was shocked. (laughs) (laughs) How sweet. That's the best surprise you can get, right? Yes. Yes, it is. We were both so over the moon excited. Uh, I love that. So did you tell him when he got home or he was there when you took the test? No. So I actually, um, I really wanted to surprise him with something later, even if it was something small. So I actually had to hide the pregnancy test and kind of keep my poker face on when he got home and got ready for work. Um, And I had a coworker at the time who uh, did t-shirts on the side. And so I went to work, told her my secret and asked if she could whip out a onesie really quick um, on her lunch. And so she did for me and um, I met him at home after work with it and surprised him. Um, So that was really awesome. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. Do you want to share what did the onesie say? What was on it? Um, I think it said, hello, daddy. Oh, yes. So sweet. Yeah. And I laid it out with, of course, my pregnancy test. And then a few months before we had just bought this cute little like wooden Noah's Ark um, from an estate sale that we were just like, oh, it's too cute. We have to buy it and just save it for whenever children come. And so since we already had that, I just laid it out with it too. And he couldn't believe it. He was like, you're joking. You're joking. And of course I wasn't. 
I love that. That's such a sweet story. Yeah, I love that story too. <laughs> so after you told him, what were the first couple of steps you took after that? Um, I did that same day go to my PCP. Just, I mean, I know false positives usually aren't really a thing, but um, I just wanted to be sure. So I did go mm-hmm. and take a pregnancy test with her. Um, and then after that, I believe I just sat with it for a little bit. I worked for a health system before, so I knew that I couldn't even get in with um, an OB or another provider until um, I was six to eight weeks along. And I knew at the time that um, it just was too soon. So I just kind of sat with it for a little bit until I knew I could get in with a provider and um, go from there. How sweet. Um, So then how did your pregnancy go? My pregnancy went really great, honestly. Um, Other than, you know, the first trimester sickness and having absolutely no energy. um, I feel like once that passed, I had a really smooth, easy pregnancy. Um, I didn't have any of the symptoms that most women have um, that are negative. I was pregnant at the same time as my sister-in-law and she, you know, had really swollen feet, um, really bad reflux toward the end and all those kind of things. But I, I didn't swell. I felt great. Um, I never had heartburn or reflux or any of that. I slept great. I Pregnancy insomnia is like one of the biggest things that a lot of pregnant women, even in my life now, talk about. And I almost feel guilty because I'm like, oh, I slept great in pregnancy. You should not feel guilty about that. That is a gift that you should enjoy. It is. Um, I, uh, I now am like, oh, no, my next one might not be that way. I might not sleep or <laughs> I might not. <laughs> I might not be able to eat certain foods because they'll give me heartburn. But Yeah, I feel like you never know. I, this is my fourth full pregnancy, and I feel like all four of them have been different. So we'll see. Hopefully you just have easy babies, though, you know, and maybe the next one will be just as easy. That would be great. <laughs> so I know you ended up using a midwife. Did you start with a midwife or how did your provider search go? So I didn't start with a midwife. Um, I knew that I wanted to, but at the time I know that our local midwifery had kind of swapped hands. And so I personally got confused and thought that it had closed down. I didn't know that it had swapped hands. So I did start with an OB Um, which now I'm kind of grateful for it just for the fact that that meant I got to have an ultrasound right at like eight weeks and that's not always the case. So I was really excited to see that little peanut on the screen and get my first set of little ultrasound pictures. Um, even though he definitely did not look like a baby at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it was through... Just talking to others, I think mostly at church, 
Um, and just sharing that I, even though I was with an OB, I just, I wasn't very comfortable with it. I always thought I would have a midwife and, um, just have the option of, um, more of that kind of like birth center setting rather than a hospital Mm -hmm. setting. And she was able to give me Carmen Gaiman's name who owns Heartbeat. Um, and that's when I realized, oh, the midwifery isn't closed. They just kind of switched hands. So after that, I got in with them pretty quickly and I, I just felt so much more peace about it because I, that's just what I knew I wanted. Yeah. Had you been exposed to midwifery and birth centers um, previously before you got pregnant? How did you know that that's what you wanted? I had been um, not in person, but mostly through um, a family friend. She isn't from here, but she had her first two babies at home with a midwife that she had hired. So honestly, I credit her to me just falling in love with natural birth 10 years before I even got pregnant. (laughs) Um, She just was so she was so adamant about it and was just so in love with it that just hearing her talk about it, I got really interested in it and started loving birth myself, even though I knew I was far from it because I wasn't even married at the time. Um, But it was mostly through that. And I just, I would come across birth videos on the internet. And I was just one of those weirdos that would love watching them for fun. (laughs) And um, so just, just seeing that setting. um, And I think also along that timeframe, we had our very first birth photographer here in Lubbock. And I started following her on social media. And I think it was through her that I saw that you know, we finally had a midwifery with a birth center open here. And so that's what made me say, oh my gosh, when the time comes, that's the route I'm taking. That is so cool. Um, I love that you kind of had that passion and that excitement before you were even pregnant. So that's amazing. Yeah, it's really rare. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's a good thing. It's a good, that's a good rare thing to have, you know? Yes, I would say the way my birth went, it paid off in the long run. Good, good. Yeah, maybe you were just being prepared for it early on. Yeah, I do. I was always very a very overprepared person before I became a mom, so. There you go. <laughs> um, so Heartbeat has a birth class. Did they have a birth class back then? Did you take that class? Did you get any other education or hire a doula or anything like that? So I did take their birth class. Um, I did also hire a doula. I had a photographer who also is a doula. So I kind of got the best of both worlds there. Um, I knew I wanted a doula, but at first just um, paying the birth center fees out of pocket and paying for photographer out of pocket before I realized that she was also a doula. I thought that I wasn't going to be able to also um, afford a doula. So I was really, really excited when 
I had my initial consultation and realized that she also offered doula services, right? As she's photographing your birth as well. So I was really excited about that because I knew the value of having a doula in my birth. And I, I know it helped both me and my husband immensely. Good. Um, so when you first interviewed or when you first met with her, you didn't know that she also was a doula. No, I didn't. I just knew that she photographed births. Okay. That's amazing. Um, so then as your due date was approaching, what was going on? What was happening? So honestly, as my due date was approaching, everything was normal. Um, the last appointment that his position was checked, he was head down and great. Uh, I will say the very last appointment I had before I went into labor, looking back now, I know that he was breached, but I'm not sure what happened that day. There might've been someone giving birth there, or they might've been extra busy, but I remember that I, his position wasn't checked that day. And I thought it was kind of strange that it wasn't, but we just kind of left and um, moved on. But I actually am grateful that it happened that way because I think I needed to not know he was breached going into labor. But I do remember the exact day that he turned now that I look back on it. And I even have it on video on my phone because I just thought he was being extra active and crazy that day. But now I know he was turning and deciding to go head up and go. I mean, what many consider the wrong way, but just his own way. Wow. That's awesome. Well, um, I, that's so cool that they normally would check and, you know, I feel like that's just kind of a gift that you didn't know that ahead of time. Yes. I think even though I knew, um, mostly from social accounts I followed, um, one of the biggest ones being an account called pain-free birth, she, mm-hmm just happened to share so much through my pregnancy about breech birth and how breech is just a variation of normal and lots of videos of home births that were breech. So even though I had seen those and they did help me while I was in labor, I think if I would have known that he was breached before going into labor, I don't think I would have had anywhere near as much peace about it as I did finding out during labor. Good. Good. Um, Okay. So then walk me through labor. Walk me through all of Snow's birthday. What did that look like start to finish? Yeah. So every time I have to tell the story, I actually start two days before um, Mm -hmm. because I had my first clue that I was going into labor and it was just the fact that I got a migraine headache. Um, I got them a lot first trimester and they had kind of gone away and I got one um, two days before he was born and my husband immediately said, oh, that probably means you're going into labor soon because every time you've had a big hormonal change, 
you get a migraine. Wow. And at first I was just kind of like, oh, whatever, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but he was totally right. Um, and so that was kind of the first sign. Um, and that was Friday, July 23rd. Um, and so I woke up Saturday after getting the most glorious sleep of my life. I still dream about it because obviously I haven't slept like that since then. <laughs> but, um, and then I did notice that morning when I went to the bathroom that I had a little bit of um, mucusy, bloody discharge. Um, but I still wasn't sure if it was something happening or not. Um, Cause I knew about, you know, what most women refer to as the bloody show. And I was like, well, this isn't a bloody show because it's just, very minimal. So I did, I just went about my day. I did end up texting my birth photographer slash doula, Brittany Looney at one point just to get her opinion. And, um, she was kind of like, well, you never know it's a full moon. And so after that response, I was like, uh, yeah, I'm probably not like, I'm good. I bet, I bet I still have another week. Um, so I just kind of went about my day as normal and kind of checked every time I went to the bathroom to see if I still had some bloody mucusy discharge. And I did every time, but it still was not, it was very minimal. Um, and it wasn't until that afternoon that we went to my parents' house that I kind of started thinking about it. And I was like, man, think I am going to go into labor soon. I feel like I should rest. Um, and I did physically rest, but I really wanted to take a nap and knew I needed to. But then at that point, it's like my brain was like, you can't sleep. You might be having a baby soon. <laughs> so, um, and it probably was. Do you remember how far along you were at this point? Yeah, at this point I was, um, 39 weeks and six days. Okay. Um, or I guess actually five days. Uh, so I was very close to 40 weeks. Um, and it probably wasn't until 10 PM Saturday night, the 24th that I really we were getting ready for bed. And I was like, okay, I'm definitely in early labor. I can tell, like I have a little bit of cramping going on. Things feel different. This is the real deal. So yeah, then I got really excited again and my brain did that thing again. And I couldn't sleep because I just was so excited. I knew I needed to sleep so badly, but I just was too happy that I was actually in labor that I couldn't sleep. Um, so from there, I I did turn on the Christian hypnobirthing app. I absolutely love that app. It helped me so much through pregnancy and then early labor. And um, I did get to the point, I'm not sure what time it was, um, I would probably say 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. I did get to the point where I was really uncomfortable and I felt like I couldn't even lay or sleep through contractions anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love about Heartbeat is that you can 
text their phone number anytime and they have an on-call midwife. And so um, I was texting the line and just saying, I, I don't know what to do. I can't get comfortable. I know I need to rest and sleep. I know I still have time before I need to come in. And so um, they recommended I did the miles circuit and tried to get some rest. And so I did do that and I stayed in one of the positions of the miles circuit. I can't even recall which one anymore. Um, and I was finally able to fall asleep for a couple of hours. And then around 5 a.m., I couldn't lay down through contractions at all anymore. And I decided to get in the shower to get some relief and kind of see if I could help get things moving along in the shower. Um, and then from there, once I got out, I woke my husband up and told him, okay, it's not just early labor anymore. Like I'm, I'm full on in labor. You should probably wake up and get dressed, get ready for the day and help support me. Um, <laughs> and not long after that, I did also reach out to um, Brittany because I really felt like I needed to do Liz help at that point. I could still tell that I probably had a long road ahead of me, but I was already having some trouble coping with contractions and, mm -hmm. and getting through them. Um, and one thing I did commit to all of my labor was calling them surges to kind of like mentally help me get mm -hmm. through them better. Um, like it's just a surge, a wave that's going to pass through and it'll, it'll go on its way. That's awesome. I love that tip for, for moms that are about to go in labor, you know, is that just framing your mindset a little bit differently can make a big difference. Yes. I felt like that really, that really helped me to just, um, to just picture it coming and then going. It was, it's not going to stay. So you don't need to tense up and stay with it. Just let it pass and go on with it. Good job. Um, and so Brittany did end up coming over pretty quickly after that. Um, and I think it was great going ahead and calling her because at that point she was able to mostly come in and just show my husband what to do to help support me through um, everything that I was feeling. We got on the toilet. Um, that's where I felt most comfortable at the time. And she showed him how to squeeze my hips. And at that point, that helped so much. Um, my husband made me a smoothie and I was drinking that. And from there, it was just kind of swapping a few positions here and there and um, trying to get things moving along so that we could go to the birth center. At one point we moved onto the birth ball in our bedroom. And um, then I remember Brittany encouraged me to do pelvic tucks with each contraction. So as each wave was coming, um, I had to kind of lift my belly up and pull it in tuck my pelvis during the whole duration of it um, to kind of help maybe drop into place. And um, that honestly was very, very intense. I remember 
just having to work through that for however long I did it. Um, and I ended up needing to vomit because it just was so intense to do, but I was willing to do it if it was going to help things move along and help him get into place so that we could have him. Um, and from there, uh, Brittany went and grabbed some breakfast. She had been, um, up very late into actually that morning. And so she hadn't slept very much before coming to my house cause she had another birth. And so, um, once she left and after doing those pelvic tucks, which while she was, um, grabbing her things, um, things really picked up because then she came home to me marching around the house and she was like, okay, I think it's time to go to the birth center. <laughs> I, and I remember thinking, I probably look so ridiculous, but I just feel like this is what I need to do right now. Um, and so, of course, we were super excited when it was finally time to go to the birth center. And um, in our minds, we were thinking, oh, it probably only have like five or six hours left until we meet him. I bet like no more than that. Um, but much to our surprise, of course, you never actually know. We were still going to be quite a while. Um, and so do you remember about what time it was that you went into the birth center? I believe it was around 11 AM. Okay. 11, 1130. Um, and getting there, um, of course, I was checked and all the things. And I was pretty encouraged because um, I was told I was dilated to a six. And so I was like, okay, that's that's over halfway. That's really good. I was able to labor at home for a good little bit and get things really going. Um, and, of course, the first thing they did after I got there was fill the birth tub. And as soon as it was full and I was able to get in, I remember just completely almost like feeling like I was melting and going, Oh, it felt so great. If you can get in the water during birth, it, even though you still feel everything, it does bring such a level of relief and release. I remember even when I look back at my birth photos, I think she just happened to snap right as I got in and you can see on my face, like I just completely relaxed and let everything go in that moment because it felt so great to be in there. Um, and so I'm not sure. I know I labored in the tub for a good while, um, but I'm not sure how long I feel like after that, time kind of went out the window for me. Um, but somewhere, somewhere in there of me being in the birth tub and being checked a few times, my water broke and I didn't even know it um, until I was told, oh, your water broke. Um, <laughs> and I think at that point, even though nothing was being vocalized, I think my doula and um, 
the midwife and student midwife that were there were kind of starting to be curious as to why it seemed like at that point labor was progressing pretty slowly um, Mm -hmm. because it seemed to be, you know, progressing at a fairly normal speed before. Um, And so I feel like as a result, I just was checked a lot more than I wanted to be. It was not comfortable being checked at all. Um, But the last time that I was checked in the birth tub, um, afterward I noticed, and I guess it was also because my water had broken, I noticed that there was some yucky looking stuff in the birth tub with me. And after looking at it, I was like, is that meconium? And even though I still, I wasn't, I just was in a very good mental space for my birth. I had done lots of mental preparation and I wasn't going to let it scare me or freak me out. Like, Mm -hmm. like a lot of things normally would have, but I knew obviously in the back of my mind, if that is meconium, I know that's not good to see in the birth tub and it's not good for baby to be in there with that because he could aspirate or swallow it or, um, and so I was kind of quickly told you didn't know that he was breech. Yeah. I still didn't know he was breech yet at this point. Um, I think at this point, the professionals in the room were starting to suspect that he was, um, but they didn't want to say anything until they knew for sure. And um, they also kind of evaded my question because they didn't want me worrying. Um, And I, and I don't know that that would, I'm not sure if that would be a question most moms would ask them or not, but I just immediately recognized like, I'm pretty sure that's poop. Um, so quickly after that, they did have me get out of the tub and they drained it. Um, and as soon as I got out of the water, it was like a waterfall of more of the meconium coming out of me. And so I was like, that's, I don't think that's normal. I've never seen a birth story or read a birth story that had that in it at all. Like, what is going on? Um, And so from there, I was asked to get on the bed so that Carmen, the head midwife, could check me. At this point, she she had only checked me when I first got there. She hadn't checked me any other time. And so I think at this point, everyone in the room, including my husband and my mom, can kind of feel that the atmosphere had kind of changed and something was maybe going on, but we weren't sure. Um, And at this point, I, I wouldn't say I was nervous as much as I was frustrated just because I have always been a straight shooter. So I just want you to communicate and tell me I don't, and I understand why they weren't because they didn't want to, scare me or worry me, especially if it was unnecessary. Um, But at that point, I was just like, I just want to know what's going on. I don't don't want you to protect my feelings. Um, 
so I was checked again and um, some whispers were kind of starting. And um, so Brittany, my doula had suggested I just go labor on the toilet. Um, and so at that point I knew for sure something is up, something's going on. I wish someone would just tell me what, mm-hmm. um, and my husband and my mom at that point definitely know it too. And are wondering what's going on. Um, at this point I can just see it in their faces. They're also not saying anything to kind of protect me. Um, but <clears throat> so, um, Brittany ended up following me into the bathroom and um, she just wanted to do like a check and say, are you okay? Um, And so I just told her, I just want to know what's going on. Obviously something is going on, but I'm not being told anything. That's my main concern right now. I'm not, not feeling fearful or worried. It's just pure frustration of wanting to know what's happening. And I'm sure they overheard me outside in the room. So immediately Carmen came in and let me know that um, Sarah, the other one who was with us the last couple of times she checked me, thought that she was feeling Snow's butt instead of his head, but she wanted Carmen to be sure before... um, causing a panic. And sure enough, when Carmen checked me, she said, he is breech. Um, he's butt first. So we have a few options that you can consider and take it from there. And so, um, at that point, I think my husband and I got in the bed to kind of relax and labor some more while Carmen kind of explained it to me and explain my options. Um, Nothing was said about the meconium, but from then I just knew it was okay because it was all just coming out of me. None of it was, um, yeah, none of it was by his face. Now I know it was just, you know, all the pressure he was getting around his bottom Mm -hmm. and potentially his intestines as I was um, contracting. And so Carmen did tell me, we have three options. We can transfer you to a hospital and you can go ahead and give birth there. There are some providers there that may be willing to deliver him vaginally breached. um, But really, it just depends who is there. And, um, And if they're willing... And then um, option number two was to stay laboring there. And then um, they would try to turn him internally. I think you said on your stories earlier, that's ECV. Is that correct? That is the external version. And then the internal version is the same thing, but done from the inside. Okay. They were going to do it externally. Um, yes. which I didn't know the term for that until you posted that earlier. So thank you. That's it. Um, and then my third option was to just do nothing, just keep doing what I was doing, laboring like I was laboring and 
just go from there. Um, and so at the time I worked for um, one of the main health systems in town and knowing that a, it was a Sunday afternoon and there was likely not, you know, there was not likely a provider who was comfortable with breech birth there, especially on a Sunday afternoon. Um, and that I would likely be wheeled straight for an emergency C-section. I knew I for sure did not want that option. Um, again, just following other birth accounts and seeing throughout my whole pregnancy that there are are lots of other women who give birth vaginally unmedicated breach seeing multiple home births that I had just seen throughout the last few months leading up to my birth. Felt like that was the Lord preparing me without even knowing and letting me know like, Hey, I created your body to do this. You can do it. Um, I, I don't, it's just crazy how I just, I made my decision and I moved on and it was just business as normal. I was not scared. It did not make me nervous. I just was like, oh, well, that's different than usual, but this is my first labor either way. It's, it's all new to me. I'm just going to keep going. Um, I could tell that it made my mom really nervous um, because it wasn't something she was familiar with. And obviously also being in a midwife birth center atmosphere was already something she wasn't familiar with either. Um, so, and I still haven't asked her, but I think she would have been more comfortable being in hospital. Um, I know at that point she just was doing lots of praying and was texting the family and asking them to pray lots. Um, I know she from there laid hands on me multiple times throughout labor after that and was just like praying that he would turn. Um, and so I did end up deciding just kind of based on her worry at one point to do an ECV. Um, but I'll get, I'll get back to that. Um, so from there, they did tell me that my sacrum was locked and asked if I had a chiropractor and advised that I called her to come kind of pop me and get it, you know, worked out. Um, and that that was likely what was kind of holding things up. And so, yeah, I was all for that. And at this point, this is when things started getting really intense. Um, I moved from a birth room to one of their exam rooms so that I could do spinning babies exercises, which I had done all throughout my pregnancy. And um, they are supposed to help get baby in place. And I know they do a lot of the time. Um, and so um, we went to the other room to do that while we waited on my chiropractor to come. She got there pretty quickly and um, so she just had me on the floor adjusting me in a very different way than I was used to because I hadn't been in labor any of the other mm -hmm. times I saw her um, and she didn't have, you know, her 
chiropractor table there. And I feel like that was the point where I honestly was most miserable in labor because at this point, contractions are coming right on top of each other. The tiny break I do have, I'm having to um, lay on my, I believe it was my back because of the way she was adjusting me. Um, And so she just had me telling her when I felt a surge coming so that she would stop. And so I would let her know, okay, stop. And I would turn kind of almost in fetal position, honestly, and just like curl up, wait for it to pass and say, okay. Um, And then the fact that I had just done spinning babies before that, I didn't sleep very much the night before. I think it was all starting to kind of pile up on top of each other. Um, And then in that room is when I also had decided, well, if we're already here and like this has the table we need to help you guys do the ECV and turn him, we can go ahead and try that as well. Um, So my chiropractor finished. Um, I did a few more spinning babies exercises and um, I got back on that table so that they could um, start trying to turn him. And I was also given um, a homeopathic pellet. I'm not sure what it was, um, but it was supposed to potentially also help him turn. Um, And so I put that under my tongue and I believe it was two out of the three people there um, began, you know, navigating with their hands around him in my belly to start, start trying to turn him. But I had already done so many things physically in between contractions and was still obviously having contractions pretty close together that they didn't try for very long. And I, I said, stop, no, this is, this is not what I want. I was doing it just to please someone else. I didn't say that out loud, but I thought it in my head. I was doing this just to please someone else. I'm fine. I don't want to be messed with anymore. I just want to keep laboring on my own. I know I can do this and I'm okay. Um, I, I don't want this. So they immediately stopped. And I did still have more spinning babies to do. So I was left on that table, but I did need someone else to help me while I was doing these exercises. And my husband, I don't remember where he was at the time. I didn't think about that till just now. And so I was waiting on um, Sarah to come back and help me. And I realized without even trying, I had completely knocked out and fallen asleep. I woke, I woke myself up snoring. Awesome. But I was just so exhausted from you needed it. Yes, I did. From not just the day, but also just all the physical things I had just gone through in that room. And so um I think as I woke myself up snoring, Sarah had also walked in and so she realized, oh my gosh, she's exhausted. And so they encouraged me to go get back into the bed that was in the um birth room and They put a peanut ball in between my legs to keep my pelvis open. And um, I just 
slept as much as I could in between feeling all the surges coming on. Um, and I remember my husband just spooned me from behind and, um, I just really, really needed a little rest at that point. Um, and I, I tell everyone, even when I'm not telling my full birth story, we're just like talking birth. I tell everyone, I guess me sleeping was the sign of transition for me because other than that, I don't, I don't recall any of like the textbook items about transition from birth class or from any other stories I've heard. Um, I feel like there was maybe, um, cause I know transition is when you have the thoughts of, I can't do this anymore. I guess maybe I did have a couple of those thoughts while I was kind of resting. I had a very fleeting thought of maybe I should just go to the hospital because then he'll just be cut out of me in like 30 minutes and I'll be done with this. But I purposefully didn't vocalize it and just kind of let the the thought go after that. Um, and once I felt like I couldn't lay down through contractions anymore because they were um, much too intense, I begged to get back in the bathtub. So I was like, that's where everything felt so much better. I could cope more. Um, I'm ready to, to just feel that relief again. And so um, I was told, okay, we can fill it again for you, but because he's breached, you can't give birth in there. And I said, that's fine. As long as I can be in there, as long as I can be up until birth. Um, and from there, I guess I had done everything I needed to, and I had rested enough that things finally went a lot quicker after that. Um, <clears throat> so they filled the tub up and I got in and I remember at that point I was encouraged to eat, but I just, I was not hungry at all. And I, I have been such an advocate on social media for the fact that women should be able to eat during labor because I know in a lot of places you cannot, but when it came down to it for me, I was like, I just don't feel like I can. Well, and that may be a symptom of the transition phase because that's a common piece is just not being able to eat, not wanting anything at that point. That's true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, since I hadn't had anything but a smoothie all day though, I, um, was offered quite a few things, but all of them just were not appealing. And so finally, uh, Brittany just asked me, what about crackers? Will you eat crackers? And I was like, I think I could eat some crackers. Um, so I had a few crackers and it was possibly Brittany too, or maybe my mom um, was encouraged to go get um, like a Gatorade or something for me. And so um, shortly after I got that as well, but that actually ended up causing like some reflux and some achy burps and stuff in my throat. Um, at that point he was really, really coming down and I was encouraged to squat with every contraction. And so I was just kind of sitting flat on my bottom in between. And as soon as I would feel it coming, I would perch myself on the edge of the birth tub. And, um, I mean, I was 
in the deepest squat you could be in every time. And that was when I could really, really like feel things happening down there. It got to the point where every time I did that, I had the most intense guttural sounds coming out of me that I could not even control if I even wanted to. Um, and that's when I kind of got acidy in my throat um, and lots of burping. At one point, I remember someone telling me, it's okay if you need to throw up. And I was like, I, I don't, I don't. It's just weird acid reflux that suddenly is going on. Um, and so Sarah kept coming around with a mirror so that she could see how I was progressing down there. And um, she was also shining a light into the birth tub so that she could see better. And after doing that a couple of times, she finally encouraged me to look and was like, look, you can see him starting to come make his way down. And so that I was super, super excited about. I was hoping for some kind of moment like that. And so I looked down at the mirror during the next couple. And the first one, I was like, I don't see what she's talking about. I don't really see anything. Um, but then the second one, I was like, oh my gosh, I see some kind of skin. It still looks kind of far away, but I can see it. Um, and so from there, I just got really excited because I was like, oh my gosh, it's almost over. This has been the longest journey it feels like and the longest labor, but I'm almost there. Um, so I probably stayed in the tub a while longer until, um, I had a surge that, um, brought some blood out with it. And at that point I got really excited because I knew, he was coming. He was really close. Um, and as soon as I had that thought, um, there was already like a space being made for me with um, some of the liners and pads to catch all of the fun fluids and stuff that come out. Um, and I was encouraged to get out of the tub. And so that really was like, okay, yes, that means this is time because she said, I can't give birth in the tub. Like this is real. He's actually coming. Um, I'm really pushing now. I'm not just squatting with the surges to help everything come out. And so um, I ended up getting out of the tub and getting on all fours on the floor in front of the bed. And um, my mom was at my back end with all of the birth workers and my husband just stayed at my face. And, um, at this point, I don't even remember feeling any pain or discomfort whatsoever because I was just so happy that my labor was coming to an end. Cause at one point I thought this is going to last forever and he's never going to come out. Um, so I, I pushed a few times and then I remember, um, when I, actually could feel his bottom starting to crown. And um, I just, I couldn't hold it in. I got really excited and I just like exclaimed really loudly, I feel you, baby boy, I feel you. Um, and the, I think the next push after that, I um, actually felt his little bottom come out and then go back in. And I was like, okay, he really is coming now. Um, and 
it was just a couple more pushes after that, that he was completely out of me and I just couldn't believe it. I was so excited. Um, they did have to work on him a little bit because he was born breech. Um, but at this point, I mean, I had just seen enough birth stories and read enough birth stories that I knew that it wasn't completely abnormal um, for them to help baby get their first breath in or cry. Um, so even though I didn't hear him cry right away, I wasn't ever worried or fearful in any way. Um, and he was still attached to the umbilical cord and the placenta, correct? Yes, yes. He was still attached. Um, it wasn't until I actually got my birth photos back that I saw since, um, since I wasn't facing him when he was born, um, that he actually did look pretty scary when he first came out and they were administering lots of oxygen and having to work a little harder. Um, but since it, I was, I guess my husband and I were just having a moment first and I just wasn't even thinking about it. I, I didn't see him looking scary like he was in the beginning. Um, and then they did tell me, oh, you can turn around and look at him. And so there were a couple times that I did kind of turn around, but um, it still was at an angle where I still couldn't really see. And so um, they ended up getting to where I could, because he was still attached and I couldn't move very far from him. They did help me where I could turn and sit and kind of watch what they were doing. And the first thing that came out of my mouth when I saw him was he has hair. Um, I just wasn't expecting him to have hair. So I was really excited that he did. And he just looked so different than I ever expected. And I was so happy to see him. Um, and it was pretty quick after that, that it felt like my placenta just fell out of me. I didn't feel like I had to do any work to get it out. Um, I did accidentally tug on it um, as I was moved, turning to sit and look at him. Um, so I don't know, that might have helped it, but everyone was kind of shocked. They're like, oh my gosh, you went through that long, hard labor. And usually the placenta coming is pretty hard after that, but yours just flopped out like nothing. <laughs> And I was like, oh, that's not normal. Oh, well, that's nice that something was easy about my birth. <laughs> At that point, you earned it. Your body was like, we're just going to end this. You're yeah. done. Get to hold your baby. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, that's great. I'm glad something was easy about it then. <laughs> um, so, yeah, after that, um, I just got on the bed and got to enjoy my baby with my husband and do skin to skin and watched him for the first time. Not long after that, um, I did have a second degree tear, which after seeing my birth photos, I was like, Oh yeah, I see why, why I tore just the way he was kind of positioned and, um, 
I, at the time I didn't feel it at all, but, um, Carmen was kind of having to move a lip over a little bit to help him come out because of the way he was positioned. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a great experience. I, and I was told so many times after that by everyone in that room that I can't believe how peaceful that was. Like even, even regular vaginal deliveries with a non-reach baby, a lot of them don't feel this peaceful that you got this crazy news that he wasn't in the position that we thought he was. And this is the most peaceful birth, one of the most peaceful births we've ever been a part of. So that was really, really awesome to hear. That's amazing. Well, and I think that's a huge tribute to you and the prep that you did ahead of time. And you really, your mindset, you were just ready to go. You fully trusted in your body and in the process. And I love that. That is incredible. Yeah, thanks. I did. I just, I knew that my creator made my body to do this and it didn't need anything else. I had everything I needed in me to do it. Yes, exactly the way he designed you to. Yes. Yeah, that is so cool. Okay, so I have two questions. Do you remember how long it was until he started crying? I know you were just fully enjoying the moment, but maybe after the fact, you know about how long it was? I don't. Um, I want to say it was probably at least two to three minutes before he was really crying. And um, I did notice that they were making him cry for quite a while after, I guess, just to make sure that he kept getting the oxygen he needed. Um, probably for a good hour after he was born, they kept doing little things to make him cry some more. Okay. Um, I think that's helpful to know, you know, if in case other situations come up like that, that that can be normal and baby snow turned out completely great and has no issues. And so that happens. And um, especially since the placenta was still attached and he had the umbilical cord, then he was still getting all of the oxygen and the blood and everything that he needed through that while they were working on him. Um, so I think that's really cool. Yeah. Second question I was going to ask you, um, when he was born, did both of his legs come down at the same time? Do you know if it was one leg at a time? They did both come at the same time. So uh, they actually joked with me and um, asked during labor. It was before we knew he was breached. Um, or no, I guess it was right after we knew he was breached. And it was like the next time they checked. Um they asked, are you sure he's a boy? And I was like, yes. I mean, we did the blood test. It wasn't just off of sonogram. So I'm pretty sure the blood test wouldn't be wrong. And he's a boy. Um, and it was because they, they couldn't feel his boy parts. And now after, you know, after seeing how he was born, we all knew why uh, his legs were all the way up here by his head. So he was like folded up. Um, so, so yeah, um, because his legs were up by his head and his feet were kind of by his ears, 
Um, they did come out at the same time because they didn't come out until his head was coming out. Oh, wow. Um, okay. That's cool. That's awesome. Um, I mean, that is an incredible story. That is one that you don't hear very often and you just handled it so beautifully. So what would you say was your favorite part of the day? Um, I would definitely say my favorite part of the day was when I got to get out of the tub and um, I just knew that that meant that he truly was actually coming and it was time to fully push and he was almost here Um, because the rest of the day, although it was very worth it, it was very hard and I knew my reward was coming. (laughs) Wow. I love that. Um, And looking back, how do you feel about your experience as a whole? I think my experience was great. Um, If you're local to Lubbock, I can't recommend Heartbeat enough. Um, They were amazing in my birth. Um, Even though I had to empower myself to you know, go through the mental and physical work to birth a breech baby. They did so much to obviously empower my choice to continue with labor like normal and birth a breech baby. And I, I literally couldn't imagine doing it with any other team. They were so great in that room. They were so great throughout labor and delivery and, um, I mean, they obviously played a huge role in helping me get him here safe and healthy. Yeah. Wow. That is so cool. Um, You know, last week we had a mama who had a, she was a first time mom. She had a hospital delivery and she had a really long and hard labor um, in a very different way than you did, but at the end of yours, you are still so happy and so grateful. And, you know, you ended up loving your experience and that is not how she felt. And so I, I just think that in both ways you have hard work, you know, and so it's just overall, how are you going to end up remembering it? Is it going to be positive or is it going to be traumatic or really hard? And you remember it, even though it was hard and there were twists and turns that popped up, you still have a really positive memory and that it was a really wonderful day that you had a huge reward at the end of all your hard work. Yes. Yes. That's for sure. And I do just want to add one thing about, um, after the birth, especially for any other breech mamas that may see this, um, birth is just as hard as babies is it on babies as it is on us that was something I didn't really think about or know very much before until I had mine and so um and him being born breach was a lot of even harder work on him just as much as it was on me and so um he was what many would call very colicky um the first couple months of his life. And that's just a general term for most of the time. Like we, we don't know what's going on with him. He just cries. Um, but thanks to having like an awesome birth team, it was 
highly suggested to me that I start taking him to a chiropractor and um, it helped so much. I mean, just, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't um, coming out of the birth canal the way he usually, you know, would, how a baby usually would. And like I said earlier, his feet were up here by his ears and he was bent in kind of a crazy way when he was born. And so um, I highly recommend to any breech birth mama who um, sees this to get chiropractic care for their little one after that, because um, he was a totally different baby after kind of getting fixed up and going often after. Yeah. I mean, I imagine that position was not comfortable for him. And so you have to kind of readjust after that, just like any of us would. Yes. Yeah. Um, during your postpartum period, was there anything that surprised you? How was your postpartum period besides colicky baby? I think that's honestly really what surprised me the most. Um, I... I guess I had prepared myself so much for birth and labor that I didn't prepare myself as much as I probably should have for postpartum. Uh, the physical parts, yes, but not as much the baby. You know, I expected he would nurse every two to three hours and no more. And he would just nap when and sleep when he was supposed to. And I would get things done during the times that he slept. And, um, that was not the case at all. He would scream and cry. And, um, if he was awake, that's all he would do unless I was holding him. And, um, and then even a few weeks later, he wouldn't even go down for naps the way I thought he should and would scream for long periods of time before finally falling asleep, no matter, you know, what position I had him in, no matter like how much I held him. Um, and a lot of it did have to do with just the fact that he needed chiropractic care and needed to get his body back into alignment. But I think that really was, um, what I was not prepared for. Um, and then also just knowing that it's not going to last forever. I felt like it was going to, you know, um, putting him to the breast as much as possible felt like it was going to last forever, but it didn't, um, feeling like he was going to constantly want me and be held. I mean, realistically, it's not going to last forever, even though sometimes he still will act that way as a toddler. Um, so yeah, I think that was probably what I was least prepared for postpartum. Do you remember about how long it was when he kind of transitioned out of that phase and started sleeping better and didn't need to be held all the time? Yeah, it was, um, probably around two months. Um, and that was when we also were released from the intense chiropractic care because he, we were going three times a week for almost those first two months until they were like, okay, I think he's okay now. You can just do um, just regular 
once a month or so checkups rather than bringing him three times a week. So yeah, I would say probably about two months. Okay. Okay. That's good. Sometimes it's just nice to have, you know, an estimated end date, you know, like, okay, two months. I think my babies, especially um, my youngest, he really wanted to be held nonstop for four months. Um, and so I think every baby's a little different and it sounds like snow definitely, you know, was just uncomfortable and needed that adjustment. And then he got better. Um, and I think my baby just really likes snuggles. He's, he's still like that. And so, um, but you know, just an estimated time frame, like, okay, I can, mentally, I can do this. I can hold baby 24 seven, you know, for two months or three months or whatever it may be is sometimes a little helpful. Yes. Yes. That's for sure. Um, so if you have any advice for a pregnant mama, you mentioned chiropractic care for a breech baby. That is amazing. Is there any other advice you would give? Um, I would just say whether you know you have a breech baby or whether you think your baby is in position, just um, prepare, prepare, prepare. Watch birth videos, um, read other people's birth stories and just get a feel for, for how it goes for lots of other mamas. Cause everyone's birth is so different. Um, but I think if you, if you can see a large range of, you know, the types of things that happen in birth or the different ways that birth can go, then if yours goes a way that you maybe didn't think it would, um, you, you know that you can still go through with it and um, that you still can give birth to your healthy baby. Yeah. Yeah. I and you're proof of that, you know, that's exactly what you did. Um, I think that, is very common. You know, a lot of mamas are thinking about, oh, everybody's birth is different. And so there's no use in having a plan because you never know what's going to happen. There's going to be surprises. There are going to be twists and turns, which you had twists and turns, you know, but it was the extra preparation that led you to have such a beautiful birth, not less preparation. You know, it's not shying away from the preparation because things not might not go to plan. It's doing the extra education and the extra prep work because things might not go to plan. Um, So I think that is really great. Yes, I agree. That's exactly right. Mm. Well, uh, thank you so, so much for coming on today. Was there anything else you wanted to add? I don't think so. I think that was everything I had on my heart. Well, you are amazing. I loved hearing your story and hearing about your strength and your peace through all of that, uh, I think is really encouraging for all of us. I'm expecting as well. And so uh, we'll see if this baby, you know, maybe my baby is breached. Just gives me so much comfort. And so thank you. Yeah, thank you. If you are expecting and looking for birth education or a birth doula, whether virtual or in person, please go to magnoliabirthlbk.com to view my options or contact me directly. If you would like to be a guest on Magnolia Birth Stories and share your birth story with us, I would love to have you. 
please use the link and submit a short questionnaire or go to magnoliabirthlbk.com slash podcast for additional information. Next week, we will have Becca joining us and she will be sharing two birth stories. Her first one was a traumatic story and then her second one was a redemptive one. And so I can't wait to hear everything that she has to share. So we'll see you then.